Yes, you're wrong. The podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. And we're at the mid-year point. Or I guess oh. a little past it, really. Yeah, technically. 20 days past due. But, you know, the first couple months in, of movies every year are, are basically non-existent. Real anyway, drag. So, yeah. <laughs> Nothing really kicks in until, like, March at the earliest. Yeah. And even though this is, like, our fourth time doing this, I forgot what we did and so I was like rushing to like watch all the same movies as you and so I've gotten through like 40 movies this year already which is much better than I did last year um and then realized oh now our top 10s might be very similar (laughs) yeah you really because it's just the top 10 it's not like we're ranking all of the movies so you could have seen 12 movies and (laughs) come and done this but you know what I'm glad I'm glad that you watched a bunch of stuff because, you know. I'm taking it seriously, okay? I've been ranking them as I see them, uh, which is hard. and Because last year was a little rough for you, I feel. Yeah, it was. You didn't didn't see that many movies, and you were, like, sort of rushing to see things at the end, and uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a hot mess. Much more on top of it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for the recognition and validation. It's exactly what I need. Yeah, I rank as I go as well because I feel like it's helpful like when you have seen it recently to remember things that then you'll forget later. Yeah. But then inevitably I'll go back later and be like, why did I put this so high? <laughs> why did I put this so low? I feel like time and also like just consensus of other people sort of like shapes things in your mind a bit, especially in things that where you're oh, like, yeah. you're like, oh, like that movie was okay and then you leave and everyone's like oh that was great and you're like okay maybe it was better or you know that sort of thing (laughs) like you and Tenet or you and Glass well me and Tenet was not other people (laughs) telling me that it was good I think everybody still did not like it was it was all the think pieces it was all the think pieces that I read and I was like wow this is actually genius (laughs) no nobody else have you gone back to watch it or thought about it or I saw it twice. I know, so. but did you see it again after deciding it was a masterpiece? Oh, no, no. <laughs> it was mid the second time that I decided it was a masterpiece. I should go watch it a third time, though. You know what I realized is you never rewatch movies. Oh, my gosh. I just I just saw a spider in the corner of my room. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Shelby, we have to, you have to call it this, is a- <laughs> this is multiple times where you're just seeing bugs in the middle of it. <laughs> Honestly, it's this Texas heat. It's horrific, and all the bugs are seeking well, respect. I know. That's a future me problem. Um, what I was going to say uh, before we dig into this, have you been playing Movie Doll? I did for a bit, but then I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. so good at it. I feel like you'd be bad at it because you're always like, well, I, I didn't start watching movies until I was 25. You know, like that's <laughs> your excuse. Uh-huh. for everything yeah but the thing that i've realized is that i rewatch movies so much 
that they're just like this in my the, blood. Which one is this? Is this the one where this they show you the, the pictures one, and you have to guess the movie? Yeah, it gives you like a second clip of the whole movie. So like not a specific clip, but like a yeah, a series of flashes of scenes. Oh, I I have never played this one. Oh. I mean, yeah, so it's like it'll just be like a, a montage of the movie in one okay. second. And then you get one guess. And then if you miss it, you get two seconds. And then you have five guesses to get it with this extra second each time. And I've done so well. I usually get it in one second, which is such a rush for me. And even on movies that I haven't actually watched, I think it's just mm-hmm. this special skill of my brain throws away all useful information and just makes room for movie facts. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to send it one. to you. I'm watching it right now. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Oh, oh gosh, I couldn't even see that. <laughs> do I get to watch it again? No, you have one chance. I haven't done today's yet, so I'm going to see if I can get it. I was supposed to take things in from that? Yes, yes. That's so short. Okay, I'm going to guess Dirty Dancing. That one is tough, yeah. I, Yeah. Because okay, I don't wait, know how to tell people. Or... So some movies they don't have. Okay, wait, so then you movie. would know it's not that. Dancing. Oh, yeah. They don't have that. Okay. So it's not that. Uh, let's go Footloose then. Do they have that? <laughs> Footloose. It's, it was giving me. Okay. No. Okay. That was wrong. And then you get the two seconds. Is this like a slowed down version? Okay. I need to watch this more. I don't think my eyes are good enough for this. Oh, oh, I think I know. I think oh, I know. Oh, 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 once okay. upon a time? Yes, it's once upon a time in Hollywood. <laughs> okay, I got this. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. a good one. I feel like I, I think maybe my eyes are just not suited enough for that. Because the first time truly I took in nothing. It, it shocks you at first. But once you start playing it, like you can hit the calendar icon in the top right and do past ones. And so you you like start to realize what okay. you need to look out for. Gotcha. Like you can train your eye to capture those details really fast. But that's okay. what I've been doing. And um, it it gives me such a rush. Like it, it feels the, fills the hole that Wordle left, you know. There's one that I do that I can't remember what it's called, but it gives you like stills from the movie. Oh, interesting. So, and every answer you get wrong, it gives you another one and they're sort of like more and more obvious. Oh. So the first ones like don't have actors and stuff in them. And then as oh. you go on, they have people. And I'm pretty good at those. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I think like I have a general knowledge of movies for the most part, even things I haven't seen, like you were mm-hmm. saying. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, if this is like, <laughs> you know, uh, Kevin Spacey movie it's like okay well I I know like generally which movies he's in even if I haven't yeah um, for sure but anyways anyway <laughs> somehow or another, we got sidetracked for seven minutes before we even got to the, the point of this episode which is we have been doing... sponsored by movie doll yes by movie doll and Kevin Spacey he's trying to make a recap uh, a rebound a re, a re... What's, it, what's it called when somebody comes back the, like a comeback? A comeback. That's what I was. That's what I was. <laughs> What's it called gosh. when somebody comes back? Shut up. Okay, never mind. <laughs> this is my brain. Okay, okay. My top ten. We usually go ten to one, right? That's how we do yes. this. Yeah, we go back. And this forth. is this is tough because I have been waffling between like what slides into my top ten for the last week out of like these three movies in that last like 10 to 13 area so you go first and i'll decide (laughs) okay i also did a little bit of finessing on mine (laughs) 
because yeah, like you said, I like the the stuff in the top spots was like pretty locked, but then there was a a like I don't know maybe five yeah, or six movies like, that like could take the bottom. Yeah, three like what's spots. your mood? What are we? What's we? What are we classifying? Like, is it the best made movie or the one we'd rewatch? You know, like that well, sort of questioning. And also, I feel like. In my mind, there's, like, different tiers of movies. Yeah, And sort of, like, every year there is, like, top tier, like, I'm obsessed with this. I would buy it on DVD and put it in my collection. (laughs) Like, one of, like, like, favorite movies of the year. And then there's a second tier that's, like, really good and I really enjoyed, but, like, don't quite have that extra judge. And I feel like at this point of the year, I have, like, a couple of those top tier and then... a decent amount (laughs) of that tier underneath of it. So that's where it's like a little bit messier. Yeah. I I rank based on how much I enjoyed it. And and I also try to incorporate how good it is, but it is definitely a favorite over a best for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially for this mid-year ranking, you know, there's less on the line as far as our reputations go. Exactly. (laughs) Because we could move things around and there'll be loads, loads more movies by the time we get to our end of year ranking next March. So, yes. Okay, so I'll go first. My number 10 movie is... is I Want You Back, which is (sighs) the Charlie Day, Jenny Slate rom-com. Yeah. I just found this movie to be so funny to me. Like, I laughed out loud multiple times during it. And I feel like for a comedy, I don't often, like, actually laugh hard at things. I'm just (laughs) like, you know, smiling or whatever. And this is something that I actually thought was clever, thought was well done, thought had lots of funny parts to it. They play two people who have been broken up with, who are trying to, like... Um, sort of screw over the other person's uh, boyfriend or girlfriend by like getting in their life and sort of tricking them. So it sort of has like a pranky element to it and then it just goes wrong. And I like Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny. Um, Jenny Slate is having a very good year so far. Um, She, this was not the last of her that we will see in the top 10s, I'm sure. And yeah, I just, I thought this was cute and fun and Sort Did of we talk about this the on the podcast? Path. I think maybe in a love it or hate it, but I don't think we talked about it. On, we didn't give it a full episode. Yeah, because I watched it because you told me to. And I I didn't like it. I, I hate this like modern rom-com sensibility where it's like we're not going to show them like getting together in the end. It's all like implied. It's like the ending left me so frustrated because it's like, why are you going to ask me to invest in these characters and then not give me the payoff? See, I sort of <laughs> like it. I feel like it's we're at the point now in the in film history where mm. like I feel like the basic things have been done a lot, so now people are trying out different options, <laughs> which in some ways doesn't work, but like with the prestige horror Right. Like, I think some of those work really well and are lots of fun. Some of those don't work well and are terrible. And I think it's the same with rom-com. Like, we've done so many classic rom-coms, and I feel like now they're sort of tropey and stale that they're trying to, like, spice it up with different things. And this is a rom-com, and I like the romantic comedy elements of it, but it's also just, like, it's also 
a comedy like separate of the romance parts too. Yeah. Cause the main two people aren't really even together that much necessarily. Like they sort of split off and are doing it yeah. for a bit. So I don't know. I no, I point, respect though. you. I just it's not my vibe. I <laughs> will see the rom coms that make it into my top ten. Oh dear. <sighs> but um starting off mine, uh coming in at top ten, I'm gonna say Moonfall. No, I'm just kidding. Oh gosh, I was like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Moonfall, uh, the only no. good thing about Moonfall was that song that played over the credits. <laughs> I've listened to that a good bit, but otherwise that movie was trash. That will be that will be fighting for the bottom slot this year. Yeah, in, yeah. Come March. No, this is I. I really liked this movie. It's called The Valet. I talked about it on a Love It or Hate It too. It's um directed by Richard Wong. It stars Samara Weaving and Eugenio. Derbez and it's kind of this like you a similar I, have, I mentioned it I like months no ago recollection of this <laughs> it's about this valet who gets embroiled in this love affair between an actress and this politician who's married and so they hire him to act like he is the actress's boyfriend to explain why the other two were in the photo with him type thing so it's it's it reminds me of the similar energy of like the Anne Hathaway's The Intern Internship. Oh, um, okay. Where it's like, what? it's not a rom-com. <laughs> it's just like a sweet comedy about these two people who on the surface have nothing in common, but they end up having this like really sweet friendship and like learning from each other. And it's obviously like a lot about this Hispanic man's culture and his family unit compared to you know, this actress who's supposed to be so happy but feels so lonely type thing. And it it's like... like Marry Me, but with friends. <laughs> well, there's no, like, rom- there's no romance. It's not a right. love story between the two. And it's actually, like, very funny and very, like, fresh. So I like that one, and I think everyone should watch it. And you should mm. file this away now that I've said it twice to you. Um, okay, the valet. The valet. <laughs> I, like I think it's a Hulu thing. original. Or it was on Hulu. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, number nine for me is The Bad Guys, which is <laughs> the animated, like, heist, animal heist movie. Yes. That I feel like has not gotten enough credit for being a very good animated movie, especially with Disney and Pixar. I feel like really not delivering their best content as of late. I think that they've pushed forward a, a number of sort of like meh kind of pieces that aren't as clever or as interesting as they think they are that are sort of like rehashed previous Disney projects and just new suits. Yeah. But this is like a fun spy movie. Um, it's about all of these animals that are bad, but they have to pretend that they're going to be good to pull off a long con to steal something. It's got a little bit of like Ocean's Eleven energy to it, but it's an animated film and the voice work is really great in it. Like Craig Robinson plays this shark and is just so funny. And I feel like it's a really good kids movie that work would work very well for children, but also is fun for adults. And I feel like Disney is either giving you an adult movie that's animated or like drivel. 
And <laughs> I don't know. I was just very taken with this. I was very, I was also one of those things where I went in with low expectations. So I think that that yeah. is also part of the reason why I enjoyed it so much. But I don't know. I just feel like it has not been getting enough like credit or attention. And especially since the Oscars animated race is always, you know, a little thin. I'm like, mm. this should be a contender. Yeah. I'm not here stumbling for it. I heard they did like a unique one shot, one like extended opening scene, like a one shot yeah. style mm-hmm. animation. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. It's also a beautifully animated film. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'll Did I'll probably it? watch it. No, because <laughs> it was only in theaters, and I didn't. But I will take it into consideration. You know, save save it on the list of things to show Penny. Yeah, exactly. When we're honestly, we should we should do an episode that's just like the children's movies that Penny should be watching. <laughs> you know, in the next several years as she gets television. But you mean the Bachelorette isn't good child content no, for her? I don't. The oh, Bachelorette's okay. not good adult content. It's not good content for anyone. Okay. Well, speaking of good I will content, say this show just randomly though, I watched oh, okay. the second episode of Claimed Fame. The um. Oh the, yeah, I was meaning to check in the on Joe the Jonah or the Nick. Which Jonas? Kevin Jonas, and then the other, the reality show. It's so good and so interesting. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Do you know who all of them are, or is it like Mass Singer? You have to wait till they get. So it, they have. There's a couple this of them so... that they have showed us who the person is. I feel like for like narrative and suspense purposes, right, it works better. Okay. But we don't know everybody, okay. so it's sort of like as the house kind of finds out or fi- or like thinks that they have figured it out, we we learn along with them. But also some of the, I think they're saving some of the reveals for like guesses and stuff. So it's right. really. It's well put together, but yeah. okay, that's not a movie. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're getting off topic again. Um, I would like to say to pay my my whoa! I just had a I just okay. had a stroke. Okay. My next pick specs. is uh, "Marry Me," the little musical rom com <laughs> that could. I okay. really, I hold on I to this movie. This, but... I know uh, we did. We did an episode on it. Or no, we didn't. Yes. We talked about it. We definitely talked about it. We talked about it. it maybe on a love it or hate it. Anyways, I I revisit this soundtrack endlessly. And I honestly have like told multiple people to watch this because now it's on like Hulu Peacock, or something. I believe, I think. Yeah. But it's available. Oh, it's on Amazon. You can watch it on Amazon. Oh, okay. And I just think when I was doing my list, I was like, this isn't the best made movie. And there were parts about it that felt like not great. But I really liked the energy of – I feel like this is my I Want You Back, where it ignored some of the classic yeah. tropes of mm-hmm. rom-coms and kind of just mellowed it out and made it more realistic in a way, while obviously being the most outrageous premise to exist. And I thought everyone was so likable in it that it just was like a warm hug. So I'm all for it. And honestly, the soundtrack slaps. So credit to J-Lo. so good. I've listened <laughs> to Church 900 times. Yeah. And I think the, it's weird because the premise is the most bonkers, insane <laughs> premise that has ever been used in a rom-com. Like, it truly makes <laughs> no sense. But then the moment that that premise is done and yeah. they have met each other, it all of a sudden becomes much more gross grounded and normal and works in weird ways. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. It's very cute. And, you know, J-Lo loves 
loves marrying down as it turns out. So it, it, it checks out on a factual basis as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She was Mary Owen Wilson. Um, Okay, my next one is Cha Cha Real Smooth, which oh, yes. is not a rom com necessarily, but absolutely not. But comedy, comedy, and yeah. it, it for a second, at least one of the characters wants it to be a rom com. Um, <laughs> this is Cha Cha Real uh, Smooth, Cooper Rafe's uh, film. This is his second one following Shit House, which I also really liked. Um, and it's he is a like recent college grad who moves home. He is sort of aimless, working at like a Wetzel's Pretzels, and um, and he somehow or another gets a gig as like a sort of a party pump up person at bar mitzvahs. So he's just hanging out with middle schoolers, and the mom of one of those middle schoolers is Dakota Johnson, and they sort of strike up a weird like flirty sort of friendship romance kind of thing, even though Dakota Johnson is married um, and obviously much older than this boy, but it's, it's really like funny and sort of heartwarming in pieces. Um, <laughs> it got very good reviews coming out of Sundance. And then I feel like for whatever reason, critics decided that they like that the reviews were too good and they have, like given it some of the worst reviews in its <laughs> release on Apple TV Plus. And I'm like, this is a fairly like, like I liked it as a movie, but it's definitely not a, it's not like really trying to do that much. Like, so but I don't isn't that the annoying part? Isn't it annoying that this white dude got to make this movie based on like, he didn't even have a script for it. He didn't have a spec. He was just like, hey, I want to make a movie. And they're like, okay. And then he just kind of whips this up. Well, he had already made another movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, is your turn. Right, right, right. Like, is, is privilege at play? Like, yes, obviously. Because unless you're a white man, there's no way you're getting a film deal at the age of, you know, <laughs> 17 or whatever it is. And he really he filmed it in movie. on the title, too. You know, it was like, what? you want to get, I take see, it seriously. I think the title's a good title. <laughs> Because I feel like it's memorable. Yeah, I guess. I watched it and I did like it, like performance-wise. Uh, I, I think it the, might be Dakota Johnson's best movie, honestly. Uh, or best I, performance. No, I disagree wholeheartedly on that. I mean, has better? The one last year was better by far, 100%. Oh, yeah, that's true. The Lost Daughter was really good. I Honestly, her appearance on The Ellen Show is better than Wow. Well, <laughs> that is, that is, you know, no Iconic. one is delivering yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think my issue with this one, like, I liked it when I watched it. But then the more I think about it, the more I'm, like, put off. It's very much, like, 500 Days of Summer-esque where this man-child thinks he understands. And then the girl is so the woman is so like almost manic pixie dream girl type, but it's not really like explained why. I don't know. I, I'll have to sit with it a little more. We'll see where, because right now it's like just a few spots below my top 10. But. I mean, I feel like the sort of the, a little bit of the point of it is that he yeah. is like thinks that she's this manic pixie dream girl and like wants something that's more 500 days of summary. And she's sort of like, well, I mean, you she's not blameless. She's like, oh, it's well, like no. very weird. I was so confused by her motivations and then like her fiance. It was just like, huh, I want to like sit with this and unpack what was happening here because it just felt like a very strange character that was never really explained. Yeah. 
Yeah, she is. I thought it was gonna she's gonna have cancer or something. Like I honestly thought there would be some weird <laughs> midlife crisis Always happening. Cancer. <laughs> well, I think like she was sort of having a little bit of a midlife crisis because she had had her child so young, and then was, yeah, yeah, like sort of I think. And the child is autistic and is played yes. by an autistic actress who is great. Yeah, she's very yeah. charming. Yeah, and the all the kid performances I thought were really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anywho, I liked it. Okay, you're up next. Okay, okay. You're going to hate this one, but I think my top eight, number eight is Thor. I just had a good time watching it. Really? So I did. I I don't <laughs> – I mean, I mean, you can I listen to our remember. episode again, but yeah, I, was I was like, like – I don't – You weren't, like, effusive on the episode, I feel like. Well – I know, but that's because you were being <laughs> the episode I was, I was, was distracted. Holding you down. I was like, dude, we have to talk through your issues, right? Like I took the therapist position in that episode. Not that I'm going door to door and screaming about how great it is, but I liked that it was sort of this episodic, one and done, silly little compact journey. I liked the performances a lot. I really enjoyed it. I was having a good laugh out loud time at that theater. So yeah, I, I guess I, was, <laughs> I I needed more Tessa Thompson. I needed a better plot line for <laughs> Natalie Portman. I, it was ridiculous in some points. Yeah, <laughs> that, that will not be making. That was nowhere near my top ten. I will just say that. <laughs> um, number seven on my list is a movie that I don't think you have seen yet. I'm pre- It's out, but it, okay. I'm not sure you've gotten to it. It's Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Oh, yeah. I have not. I've seen the poster in the theaters, but... It's sort of like a Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day kind of vibe. Um, it is very much for a, like... Downton Abbey-esque <laughs> audience. Like, I think most people who go see this will probably be, like, middle-aged moms. Right. Um, the premise is that Leslie Manville, who you may remember is the sister from Phantom Thread, is, like, a poor um, British seamstress slash maid who one of her like wealthy clients has a Dior gown and she decides that, you know, like her husband has recently died. She doesn't have much going on. She's going to save up money and go to Paris and get a Dior gown and buy a Dior gown. And so she does that. But when she gets to Paris, um, she realizes that in order to get one of these gowns made, it like takes two weeks because they have to do all of these fittings and it's couture. So it's made for the person. And the all of the people at the Dior fashion house are sort of like fascinated. Like some of them are fascinated by her because she's just this like quaint, nice British woman. But then some of them are actively sort of hate her because it's like, why is this lower class lady here at this fancy French fashion designing house and it's sort of a movie about nothing because it's all just about (laughs) this lady making a dress and like the various people that she runs into but it's so sweet and I sort of like that kind of nice core energy I feel like especially in these last couple of years give me a movie where like there's really not that many stakes and everybody's sort of lovely to each other, but it's kind of funny and has good music. And the costumes in this are obviously really good because it's all of this high fashion stuff. Well, um, then where is your marry me? Okay. You're just <laughs> describing the essence of marry me. 
And you laughed at it being in my top 10. (laughs) Well, because Marry Me, the plot is not like the plot (laughs) of this is 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 like it was a little bit more boring, Mm, but like mm, not as ridiculous. Also, (laughs) the hot boyfriend from Emily in Paris is in it. So okay, okay, it all makes sense now. (laughs) You know, it all. mm -hmm. Um, yeah, she's just. Oh yeah, I liked it. Oh good, well. Similarly. I'm sure, like, your mother would love it. <laughs> I'll let her know. Um, I just watched this one yesterday. Uh, it's a documentary called Aftershock, which is not nearly as lighthearted as our recent picks, but it's about the um, – yeah, No, it's about the maternal mortality rate in America, especially among uh, black women. And it follows mainly these two men who lost their partners – in childbirth. And so it unpacks like our medical failures because the U.S. has an obscenely high death rate for mothers or in America, like compared to other similarly uh, wealthy countries. And, And then that stat goes up for Black women because the intersection of racism and medicine is just like horrific. And I thought it was really well done, really just like obviously earnest in itself because it's so personal to the people. Um, It's only like an hour and a half. So it's like a very intro to style uh, documentary. But I think it was just like a good vehicle to kind of try to draw attention to something that they've been trying to draw attention to for decades. So it gave a little history, a little current situation and all of that. And why, like, in general, I obviously get the sort of, like, racial element, but Mm -hmm. the, um, like, is it the hospitals just aren't good? Or are there people not having the baby in hospitals? Like, why is it so high? Well, because, one, our, our, like, insurance and medical system prioritizes C-sections. And they, they do more because it's cheaper, but they also get – it's cheaper for the hospital, but it's more expensive for insurance, so they get a bigger check. And C-sections always has a higher rate of complications. But on top of that, there's just, yeah, a lack of resources for communities and a lot of hospitals, the – yeah, it's interdimensional and there's a lot that they talk about in this. Um, but yeah, it's it mostly comes down to the OB – GYN like practice as it is now and how it's been whitewashed and then masculinized where they took away the midwifery that's normalized everywhere else and instead makes it this very clinical, cold, procedural sort of like our way or the highway style of care. So yeah, not great. <laughs> no. We're number one in the in the world for something, but it's it's nothing good. So not great (laughs) yeah so it was a good documentary and especially if if you haven't heard about it or studied it it's like a really nice overview i do love an educational doc yeah that is known so what and what streaming site is this on it's on hulu i think it was it was released at some sort of i don't know festival festival but yeah now it's on hulu um, okay, number six. It to- uh, we knew this was coming at some point. Uh, it's Top Gun Maverick, which <laughs> is, who would have thought I did not 
I have low hopes. Year, yeah. I had. <laughs> I'm beginning of the pandemic. I don't love Tom Cruise. <laughs> I hated the first Top Gun movie. Even the fact that Lady Gaga was doing a song for it, which is the only reason why I went and saw it, <laughs> but like did not give me a ton of hope. I sort of thought like, eh, I'll just have to go see this because she's doing the song and then, you know, peace out. But I enjoyed it so much. I think it's such a fun action movie. It, it, you're on the edge of your seat the entire time, even though it's so formulaic and so like obvious and everything that it's doing. It's just like a good time at the theater and it has made so much money. It's just continued to Mm -hmm. chug along. It's, it's one of these movies, you know, that you feel like is finally uh, getting the theaters back up and running. It crossed over a billion dollars. And I don't know. Jennifer Connelly looks hot. Yes, she looks very hot. (laughs) And even though this isn't an original film, obviously, because there's a previous one, it feels like an original in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and in, you know, the landscape that's increasingly filled with, you know, sequels and spinoffs and reboots and whatnot, it does have a fresher feeling to it than I think a lot of those do. Um, and yeah, I I am I'm glad that it's doing well. I really liked it, um, and I'm excited to see what happens with it come this fall because I think initially people were like, "Oh, well, this could win an Oscar," and everyone was like, "Yeah, that's hyperbolic." But now it's done so well that I think that it will at least sort of be like in the conversation of some variety for some things. So I don't know. I mean, like, oh, I don't. Well, think I mean, the will... technical awards definitely. Well, the technical awards definitely. It was crazy but like people are saying stuff like okay like tom cruise doesn't have an oscar and but and i'm like i don't think so but i'm also like this movie has Hmm. done so well that it could be interesting to see what they attempt to do with it because obviously the the studio is going to be pushing it for things interesting yeah i don't know did i tell you what my mom said because i told her to go see this with my dad and she texted and she was like, I guess it was good, but I was so distracted by the age difference. It's just sickening. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, that woman that they paired with Tom Cruise. And I was like, they're only like eight years apart. She's like 51. And he's like, she's like, what? She thought she was like 32 years old. And it really ruined her day to find out. So the Jennifer Connelly is actually yeah that she's age appropriate yeah gorgeous (laughs) yeah so a humbling moment um but yeah a great movie it's coming up for me but um before that I wanted to hit on a movie that I think will be up in yours as well but it's Emergency um Mm. which is my number six uh it's a sort of get to the party comedy with a racial twist it's about a couple well I guess a few black boys in college who come home to realize that they're there's a white girl passed out on their floor that they don't know and they are trying to figure out what to do and like get her to the hospital or help her find her family and so it's tense but also there are some real laugh out loud moments and great performances um it's it's really compelling i it's like a unique way to talk about the 
you know, differences and privileges, uh, the racial disparity in America. And of course, like cops come into it, like that sort of thing. There's a whole opening scene about a white professor in college using the N-word in an educational, you know, quote unquote, quote space. And I thought it was really, really good. Um, and actually really heartfelt too. So I liked it. It was like book smart, but make it even darker. (laughs) Just really scary. It's kind of getting at a lot of the stuff that something like The Hate You Give or um, what was the movie with, uh, with, uh, was it Dana Kaluuya? Where they're, they're like on the run from killing a cop. Yeah. What was that movie called? I don't remember. No one liked it. Yeah, something. Slim and Queen? Queen yeah, and Queen and Slim. Yeah. Anyways, it like it's getting at those same messages, but telling it in a very different way because it yeah. is sort of like this book smart, um, super bad kind of like get to the party type film. And it treads that line so masterfully. Like the screenplay for this is a genius piece mm-hmm. of work because it is somehow so funny and yet also so scary and so suspenseful and yeah. you feel like the realism in these moments but then the next moment it will be something laugh out loud hilarious but it never feels like one of those things sort of cheapens the other um like the balance is really good in it yes yeah this will also be making an appearance on my <laughs> later um okay Number five for me is Marcel the Shell with shoes on. <laughs> Cute. I feel like now that I'm like looking at my list, I feel like everything basically so far has just been like nice kind of feel good <laughs> yeah. type movies, which maybe maybe There's says like there. what Hollywood has <laughs> is been leaning into or maybe just what says what I've been yeah. into this year. But yeah. I I loved this. It's it's based on a Jenny Slate like short film, I guess, that came out in the earlier two thousands. Like about YouTube, this, yeah, videos. about this like shell that's sort of witty. Um, it has like one eye and shoes on and talks and stuff. And they decided to make a full length film of it, which I think people were a little skeptical of, just because like how can you make that <laughs> premise go so long? Yeah. But the film is like ninety minutes, and it's so funny and cute and heartfelt and really just about this like shell and it's like mother slash grandma shell I guess um and their kind of relationship in this big empty house that they share together for the most part or I guess it's an Airbnb now so there's one other person who's there um and it's a mockumentary style shot so it's it's like a the shell is living with this guy who is a documentarian so it's like filming Marcel and yeah it's just so so had you not seen delightful. the YouTube videos when they came out like in the 2000s mm-hmm. I don't think so no oh, okay. or if I yeah. had I didn't remember them I hadn't seen anything until I went and saw the movie yeah so it's kind of like meta because it makes references to this the premise of the YouTube channel which is that the similar like idea of someone just doing this documentary about her and so that's what they reference in the movie too is that she goes viral for being this cutesy shell Mm -hmm. and then it's obviously played like in today's world so there's more like it's present day so it's not directly tied to the youtube videos but it was like a nostalgic factor where you it almost felt like oh this is what was really happening like while we were watching the cutesy little videos Uh type thing so it was a nice 
revisit. And I'm getting the feeling that our top five are just going to be the same movies in a different order. Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've gotten to our first repeat, which for number five for me is Top Gun, um, which I think, yeah, I I agree with everything you said. It was just like a surprisingly well-crafted like blockbuster moment. And it wasn't too... I mean, it was broy, but it wasn't like too broy. And even though it is military propaganda, it also wasn't too much military propaganda. I felt like it had a lot more heart than the first one. I liked the the throwback to Val Kilmer. I thought that was like a nice touch, mm-hmm. but it also didn't get too buried in its own like memories. So like the other characters were all new. Obviously, we talked a lot about this on the episode we did, and there's like flaws to the the diversity or the the like sidekick characters and stuff like that. But I think it was just like wild to watch the technical skill involved, like similar to watching something like Mad Max Fury Road, where you're just like watching these set pieces that are just blowing your mind and just feel so exciting to see at that level. So. I would rewatch it and I just think it's a it was a surprisingly well-crafted uh sequel that didn't feel too concerned with being similar to the first. Yeah, and I like that this did so well in comparison to the two Marvel movies that came up before <laughs> after it that it both sort of sucked and also Lightyear. Yeah. Like I like that Top Gun is somehow like the scrappy underdog even though it's a Tom <laughs> Cruise movie. I I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, number four for me. This is an example of not best, but definitely favorite. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> it is uh, the new Downton Abbey movie. Ah, Downton Abbey, A New yes. Era. Which I, and like, I'm not sure I have had more fun at the theater <laughs> this year than watching that. I loved every single second of it. It is straight up pandering to people who love Downton Abbey. It's again, like their first movie, like does it have a plot? Eh, not really. <laughs> Is it just like fun watching all of your favorite characters sort of get back to their usual shenanigans? Yes. And they they so smartly come up with the like premise of it in that, you know, some of the group is going to France. And so they're dealing with like French people, which, you know, leads to some humor. And then some of the group, there's a Hollywood (laughs) team that's coming in to shoot a movie in Downton Abbey. So that leads to some humor. It's very heartfelt. It's just, you know, if you love Downton, it's just more of that. And it does make me wonder why more television shows that that are that are less like plotty aren't doing more movies because I feel like it's probably similar to the like sex in the city movies which also did well (laughs) in that they're like kind of moving the plot forward but like really aren't doing that much and yeah I just I loved I loved this movie. It was a good time. If you don't like Down Abbey, you probably it's like eh, whatever, because um, <laughs> it is just basically a long episode of the TV show with a slightly bigger budget. But if you like Down Abbey, then you will like the movie, and you probably have already seen it at this point. So, you know, <laughs> you might plot. have your audience. Yeah, um, I have a soft spot at number four too, which is one I touched on a week or so ago, and it's Mr. Malcolm's List. Which is oh, that yes. like original, I still seen this. yeah, Austinian style rom com? Um, 
so like a period rom-com and it was really fun and I think it just is like it's nice to have something new obviously it's based on a novel and the novel was self-published so I don't know how big of a of a deal it was but it still felt like a breath of fresh air and kind of like an easy entertaining chapter plus the the journey to creation was hard fought and won by this team of women so I really liked it all the performances are good it was really funny and fresh and a lot of like empowering moments that didn't dwell on the realities of period film that we so often get you know stuck in because it's like I mean first of all it's colorblind but then on top of it the like rules of I don't know status and elitism aren't as strict in this in this version of events so it was a fun time and I think it would speak to anyone who enjoys any sort of Jane Austen or any sort of period thing. Honestly, Downton fans would probably enjoy it. Yeah, I was thinking, I feel like Mrs. Paris, or Mrs. Paris, yeah. Paris <laughs> yeah. Mr. Malcolm's Liz, and the Downton Abbey movie are all appealing to the exact same great triple feature yeah. of humanity. <laughs> yeah, plus this has really gorgeous men in period costume, which is just such a... Distinctive kink, yeah. That it's just like every there's a part to almost every woman that enjoys it. I don't know why. Like you know, Theo James or whatever his name is with the trash yes, stash, but nice try is like so. Yeah, uh, Theo James, I think I think that's what his name is. I don't know. I haven't googled him <laughs> plenty of times. I, I, what? <laughs> oh, I just it's it's a good time. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, in number three for me, we have Emergency, which oh, okay. we already talked about. But yes, I loved it. I ranked it a little bit higher. I feel like because I think this is one. Like I guess looking at the list that I have, I think the movies that we've covered so far or that I've covered so far are movies that I think are decent movies, like, or well done and that I really enjoyed, but maybe don't quite, like, hit on a, like, technical slash, like, well-crafted level as much. And I think that my top three are all movies that I feel like I really enjoyed, but are also like excellent on multiple levels. And I think emergency is that. Yeah. Well, and Mr. Malcolm's list, but yeah, no, I see that for sure. Yes. Uh Um, (laughs) It goes without saying. (laughs) Yeah. My number three is uh, your number two. I'm pretty sure. Um, Good luck to you, Leo Grand, Um, Mm. which is the, uh, it's uh, Emma Thompson playing this older woman who hires an escort um, after her husband has passed away and she's dealing with her, I don't know, trying to figure out what what to do with her golden years. I really was surprised by it. It's very contained. It all takes place in this hotel over a series of like chapters almost where it's like one meeting it feels then another. Like it should be a play. Yeah, but it's, it's not. very yeah, it's giving very much theater. But not in an annoying way like something like Three Billboards was. Like, this is much more human and, like, engaging. They're The two actors at the heart of it are just, like, so likable and interesting to spend time with. And it's so well 
acted and shot and directed and I could tell instantly that it was directed by a woman. (laughs) Everything about it was just like so nice and not at all like exploitative or trying to be splashy or like making fun of, you know, this woman's desires or whatever. Like it was also, it was handled so like gently and with such feeling that you're just rooting for her, even though she is flawed, like deeply in a lot of ways. And I think it was a nice character piece that you don't see as often anymore. The the one annoying thing about this is that for whatever reason, it did not get a theatrical release. They just yeah. put it on Hulu. So it's not eligible for any Oscars, which feels oh, so interesting. stupid to me. <laughs> it will be eligible for next year's Emmys instead. Huh. So it's basically like they've done the same thing that they did to Bad Education, where this will be competing in the TV movie spot. And then like that uh, is very the weird. actors will be competing in the against like people in limited series. Do you think that so was like, like a studio choice? Like, like the they White just, Lotus. Like they didn't believe in it type thing? I don't know because it played, it came out um, at Sundance, I believe. And then it played at Tribeca. So it's not like they didn't have like critical response. Like they knew that it that people liked it and were talking about the performances before they decided not to put it in theaters. So I don't know why they would have done that except for the fact that it's like a, it's Disney. And I feel like Disney has been Mm. um, like, I think that they have been making a bunch of sort of poor decisions as of late because this would have been like, I guess a Fox property. um, And they, I think sort of don't know what exactly to do with, the Fox stuff except for to put it on Hulu they've also I mean like with putting Turning Red on the streaming on Disney Plus but then putting Lightyear in theater like I think they just don't yeah I think they've been like trying to it's like like, they're trying to strategize what they want to be talking about but it's not working right yeah (laughs) yeah they need to like let the content sort of lead and I think they're not doing that so I don't know I loved this movie it is my number two um, and I thought the performances were so good. The writing is incredible. The way that it is basically shot entirely in one hotel room, but they managed to make it interesting still yeah. and have the characters move around. And there's a lot of like, I think great shots in it, even though it is so contained is a testament to things. And yeah, it just, the, the way that it all comes together is so satisfying and, I really wish that Emma Thompson was getting a best actress push for this because I think she definitely deserves it. And there's one scene at the end in particular (laughs) that I think is like would have been very buzzy and something that would have been a very strong talking point in an Oscar campaign because it's something that people aren't really doing. And I don't want to give it away, but like the... Yeah, I just I just am baffled by that decision. And I feel like yeah. that was incredibly stupid on the part of Disney. Yeah, team. that's interesting. I didn't know that. It's really surprising. Huh. Well, my number two is Marcel the Shell with Shoes Aww. On. I I think like like everything you said, it's really charming. But on top of that, it has like a really 
sweet message about like the importance of community and Mm -hmm. building your family and and finding your family and I thought that was just like so nice and earnest without being like pandering or over the top or like forced and it was obviously like you know happy ending everything works out type energy for a movie of that genre which is you know kind of a talking shell like it's not (laughs) yeah it's not your usual like drama type family ensemble cast um but it it paid off in such a lovely way that you just were like rooting for even the smallest characters and and like emotional for some reason and it was interesting watching it because I would have guessed that it would have played more childish like as a kid-friendly movie but it's very much aimed towards the audience that you know knew Marcel Shell before like it feels very much like an adult not like infirmature but just like a grown-up serious uh movie that like it takes itself seriously I guess is what I mean and well, I appreciate that and they've had a lot of really good stuff this year I think yeah and they yeah they know their audience which I think is like a sort of millennial kind of like even I guess maybe older Gen Z vibe and this is definitely like hitting squarely in that target zone yeah yeah so it was but really charming kind of melancholy at parts yeah like, it's not just like a chipper movie the entire time like there's yeah. definitely a lot of sad parts as well um and lots of just very like funny clever bits too because Marcel is great. Yeah. It's like very clever. But yeah, it's like there was a kid in the theater, but I don't feel like it would work for kids. <laughs> like it's not, it's too soft spoken almost, like even in its comedy. Well, it's not like Zootopia yeah, or something, yeah. <laughs> with, you know, with like a talking animal. Yeah. Um, okay, so then I assume that we have the same number one choice. The Lost unless City. Unless you have no. <laughs> gone completely deranged. <laughs> it's uh, Jurassic World Dominion, right? Yes. Death yeah, of the Nile. I put, I put Doctor Strange in the yeah. Multiverse of Madness. The way they handled Wanda in that film was just so spot on. I felt like yeah. and really spoke to all, all women everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it'll be hard to find someone with a different opinion on the best movie so far. Yeah, the best movie is obviously Everything Everywhere All at Once, Um, which, yeah, I mean, we've talked about on the show, but is just, uh, it's like hard to even explain how good it is. It's about a um, Chinese-American immigrant woman who um, is, I don't know, I guess like in her probably 60s, and she owns a laundromat. She has a, te- a tense relationship with her lesbian daughter. She Her relationship with her husband is sort of grown stale. She's caring for her father, who she didn't have a great relationship with earlier on in her life, but now is old, and so she has to take care of him. The laundromat business is sort of failing. She has to go into the IRS, but she doesn't speak fluent English, so her daughter has to come and sort of help translate it. Um, And this whole sort of, you know, very run-of-the-mill, like, domestic drama is then, like, snapped into juxtaposition with this, like, multidimensional martial arts action sci-fi film (laughs) where Michelle Yeoh's character is dragged through these various dimensions where she has to... um, 
fight against sort of like a super villain uh, or otherwise all of the dimensions will be destroyed into nothingness. And just like the cleverness of the movie is so incredible. Like the script and the way that all of the pieces are tied together is like masterful on a level that I feel like I cannot think of in another movie. And then on top of that, Every single performance is great. The costumes are wonderful. The 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 set design, the production design, the cinematography, yeah. the sound, like every single detail of this, the costumes, the makeup, like are all at, at like the top of their game. Yeah. And I just can't imagine somebody seeing this movie and not being completely blown away by it. It's done so well in the box office. I mean, it came out as like a little indie film from A24 with a limited release and it's just kept growing and growing and growing and growing to the point that it's still in theaters. People are still going to see it. It's still doing really well. Um, and I really hope that this, you know, if if it doesn't win Best Picture, I hope it gets nominated for a <laughs> bunch of things because I think it definitely deserves it. And it's yeah. so unique in comparison to the usual slate of stuff that we get. Yeah. I probably haven't had a movie that made me think in the same way since like Parasite. Tenet. Yeah, since Tenet. Um, it's like one of those movies that you can just like study and it's not just entertaining, it's not just well made. There's like a real heartbeat to it. And like I saw this one TikTok analysis that was pointing out the symmetry of the donut hole being black with a white hole versus the googly eyes that appear, which is white with a black hole. And it was only in finding the balance of the two ideas that you found, like the yin and the yang working together. And it was just like, holy shit, like that's such a refreshingly thoughtful symbolism like at play in a movie when so often movies try to be like, hit you over the head with what they want to say. And obviously this has a loud message and it's like easy to know what they're getting at by the end but the little details that feed that flame are some of the most like that's the fun part of cinema is getting to unpack those and like respect the creation of that and I think that's why this movie is not only so watchable but like rewatchable well, and the sci-fi aspects of it yeah. don't take away from the interpersonal aspects of it. Like at the heart of this, it's a relationship family drama that just has all of this sci-fi put on top of it. So it still has like a really solid core where I think uh, in the hands of a lot of people, all of the multiverses and stuff would sort of subtract from the yeah. actual relationships at the center. And also you as you're going through the early part of the film, you're going into all of these different multiverses and you sort of just assume that a lot of them are there for gags Mm -hmm. or for like throwaway bits. And that, yeah, maybe there's like two or three that are going to be important, but that the rest are all sort of just there, you know, as side pieces. And then the way that every single one of them comes into play in a very important way as the piece wraps up and how they are all like, connected and the symbolism in them all like it bounces off one another is just so incredibly well done yeah yeah i just and plus i cried for the last half hour of the movie so (laughs) yeah i was just like sobbing a mini breakdown yeah (laughs) came up with Mm -hmm. my therapist a little bit so yeah it's a it's a movie that sticks with you and it also happens to be very funny like it's 
It's so everything. <laughs> Everywhere, all at once. Well, and the action scenes are really, really good. Like, yeah. Like, this is not a... Like, this is an incredible action movie that has some great set pieces in that regard as well. And Michelle Yeoh is, you know, not young. And she's still, like, you know, kicking kicking it with the best of them. Yeah, And, yeah, just every place, every opportunity that they had to do something fun, they did it. Like, even the one of the characters costumes like keep changing and it's sort of like oh she falls down a flight of stairs and the costume change and all of the costumes are beautiful Mm -hmm. and interesting and they could have just done you know very normal things and they were like no we're gonna take this as an opportunity to come up with insane like really fun hair and makeup choices and I hope that it's rewarded. Yeah. And you can like get on like everywhere, everything everywhere out TikTok and like see people breaking down like details in every scene, like the different photos on display and the different multiverses or that sort of thing. And I just admire people who take their sets so seriously because, you know, you compare it to something green screened, like, like Marvel. Like and, Thor. Uh, yeah. And, and it's like these people care about every space single space on the screen and I think that is just something you don't get all the time anymore also their visual effects budget was really small so I think a lot of the effects are actually physical effects which always look better yeah I saw also on TikTok not to go back to the Thor movie (laughs) but they were saying that like the number of scenes that both Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth are in where they're like in the same shot is very, very few. Yeah. And that they think that like mostly those two actors were not on set together at all, which I feel like makes sense because they don't have very much chemistry. <laughs> but he didn't eat meat for her on the day that they had their kiss. Cute. Okay. <laughs> okay. So he she showed he showed up when he needed to. But yeah, no. I mean, you can always tell a difference in these sort of like Obviously, I have fun with movies like Maverick with Thor and stuff, but it's nice to have a movie that takes itself seriously without being like, oh, boring and serious about it. Mm-hmm. Yes, 100%. Um, yeah, I feel like these are good. This is a good set I of know. films. I'm very pleased. Usually we're them. like and- mad about some of them. Like we're like, Ugh, I guess this is technically top 10, but I hate it. <laughs> Yes. And these are also, and honestly, I have seen two movies in the last like couple of weeks that aren't out yet that would easily take two of these spots. Oh, teaser. There is is lots of good stuff to look forward to, I think. And I hope that, I feel like this year has been a very strong year in film so far. And I hope that it keeps that up through the back half. Yeah, I feel like we have a couple of slow weeks coming up, or at least I can't find stuff that's being released in like August. So you'll have to tell me the, uh, you know, what's coming up, or we can try and do like a Q&A episode or something, you know, answer burning yeah. questions people have. Well, also, we do have our 200th episode. Yes. Up, which we are working on something <laughs> fun for. It should be very fun. Uh, can't believe that. Oh, 200 plus. Way to go. I know. Good for us. Or bad for us, honestly. <laughs> who who can say? But next week we'll be back talking about Nope, the new Jordan Peele movie. Yes. Um, which is hitting theaters. This is exciting. We you know, we're getting to the point now where we have where we've like talked about predecessors. I you know. know. So it's like we talked about us on this podcast a couple of years ago and now we're talking about nope. Will we be around for whatever Jordan <laughs> Peele's fourth movie is? Unclear. But Will the world be around yeah, for it? Also, that's, that's the real will question. I be in jail 
<laughs> it's, it's a possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark but true. Uh, but as long as we can, we'll be talking about the things that just don't matter at all. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> like, like butt plug awards <laughs> and everything bagels and yeah. raccoons <laughs> and, and so it goes. Um, but okay, we'll be back next week. Um, until then, you know, leave us a review. Send us an email. I haven't been reading those in a while. Um, yeah, and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Mm.